This is a Crow's Nest podcast. Ahoy and welcome to Titanic Talkline. I am Alexia, and this week I'm going to not say I'm excited because I've said that every single episode, I think. So I am very. Ah, goddamn it. Every single synonym could... I have for excited just went out of my head. It's okay. I'm not like a cool guy. It's okay. You'd not be excited for me. You are a cool guy. <laughs> I am excited to see you. So, fi- you know what? I am very excited. I have Nick on the show. I don't know how to. I don't. You know, if you wanted me to say your last name or not, so I just decided not to. Um, I might as well. Like, I'm not a nobody. I've, I've, I've been worried about doxing in the past, but, like, I'm literally a nobody. Um, I'm, my name's Nick Williams. Um, I'm, just been a, I'm just a Titanic enthusiast. I'm just an average guy who's been really into it and uh, really have, really grateful for you to let me on here and just kind of chat. And uh, especially following up, you know, like uh, Don Lynch and... Um, members of the ismay family <laughs> it's, kinda, it's like oof, uh, what have i done uh, like, it's not always about that and that's i get right. that reaction a lot and maybe i should just make it like abundantly clear I, once again that's like it's not necessary it's not about your prestige the prestige is nice and it's also nice to talk to people like you know don lynch and the and the members of the titanic international society who have that in you know that experience but it doesn't make anyone else's experience any less valid or interesting because, you know, at the end of the day, as everyone keeps reiterating, this is a human story and human stories mm-hmm. involve everyone. So, yeah, I, I get the sentiment, but it's like if you've wanted to go on the show or you're like thinking, oh, that might be a cool time. It's like, don't <coughs> excuse me, don't get hung up on that idea because it's not about that. Everyone's story is cool. And I'm excited to hear yours, Nick. So what is what is yeah. your Titanic story? Oh, my Titanic story. All yes. right. Um, so I have been obsessed for a long time. Um, and we will get to the movie, uh, but it doesn't actually start with the movie. Um, the movie came out the movie came out in 1997, and I was like four in 1997. So That's I did right. not see it. I did not see it in theaters. And in fact, I don't think I remember a time growing up where it wasn't like in existence. Um I was aware. I was always kind of aware there was this big movie called Titanic and the ship. So I don't really have a memory where it wasn't like in my mind at some point. I understand. Um, I do remember we had the big double, double cassette, uh, <laughs> double VHS, the tape. classic VHS tape. Um, um, but for me, it really started around probably third grade, third or fourth grade, and I'm not sure exactly why. Um, just. You know, I guess, okay, it did kind of start with the movie, but not with watching the movie. The cover of the box of the movie has that striking image of the Titanic with its stern way up in the air. I have it behind me, actually. I I didn't remember. Hold on. You get. I have a DVD version that doesn't have this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. This is just the classic, the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, This is going to sound weird to anybody listening. So you know how the front of it has the ship? Yeah, and you get, I got Jack and Rose's face. Yes. When I was like a little little kid, I used to like look down my nose and be like, "That's the ship of the Titanic." Here's some waves. <laughs> it is the exact same angle, though. Yeah, like look down. It's like the same exact angle. 
It's just a really weird thing that people know now. Um, but yeah, that image of the uh, the ship sticking out, this has always kind of struck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got into about fourth grade, uh, my fourth grade teacher had a model of the ship on her desk. And she was really into it. And I was like, that's really cool. And around mm-hmm. that same time, there's uh, the, uh, the, Scholastic, the Scholastic Book Fair came to town. Oh my god! And the Scholastic book. I I just knocked over my pop filter. I got so excited about remembering Scholastic <laughs> book fair. Oh, wasn't that like so awesome? If you oh, were a kid who likes books, it was amazing. And you know, I know that everyone. Two things I'm going to say. Number one, I know that you know not everyone could you know afford to take place and everything, and that's definitely upsetting. And number two, there are libraries. But there was something about the Scholastic Book Fair. And I think, again, because it was done by Scholastic, you had things that they, you didn't get at your library for a while. You'd mm-hmm. have all these new releases and you'd have titles by authors that maybe weren't super popular in like your your neighborhood. I know that sounds weird, but this is, this is pre-internet. So you couldn't mm-hmm. just go online and Google like top 10 books for fantasy loving mm-hmm. middle schoolers. This was how you discovered new stuff. Uh-huh. This is how you found new new things it's like all you had to go to did you get like the catalog before they came yes that was always exciting and all the books had like a one sentence thing to sell you on them Mm -hmm. and this is how you found new books especially for me i grew up in the boonies so like we didn't have reliable internet until i was in high school same Um, so yeah going on the internet was not an option but at one of these uh book fairs um already as a kid i was really into those magic treehouse books yes um, yes my and, brother uh, i think my brother's closer in age to you um he's five okay. years younger than i am yeah. i turn but... i turn 30 next year i'm yeah, not, not, will... not next year next month <laughs> next month he, I turn 30. he's turning 29 so yeah he's right there but i think magic treehouse just missed me by a couple of years but he mm-hmm. was really into them so they were kind of ubiquitous in my childhood and just i saw my brother reading them he really liked those books yeah, they're really wacky. <laughs> it's like the first one they go to <laughs> dinosaur land, but like one of <laughs> them they go to that. the they go to the Titanic. I think right? that's one of the only ones I actually read. And so I remember that one, and I was thinking like, how? Part of me was like, how the hell are they going to get out of this? And <laughs> the treehouse ends up on one of the funnels, I think, and just no one notices, which I just <laughs> thought was hilarious. <laughs> I don't even remember what they did in that book. I just remember that, but. There was another thing those books did. They had like these, I think they called them field guides, like Magic okay. Treehouse field guide. And it would be on a topic like dinosaurs or something. And instead of being a story, like the regular books, it'd be like an illustrated informational book. And they had one of those on Titanic. Of course. And uh, they had <laughs> like all the information and like illustrations of like, this is how much stuff she carried and how many people were on her and illustrations of like certain individuals, like the guys in the band and Murdoch and stuff like that. Right. And all these facts. And I was just kind of enraptured by that. I don't know what it was. It's like the story of this ship just seemed very interesting to me. And just kind of a primal this role way. And then from then, I just kind of got obsessed <laughs> with uh, this ship that started that sank. Um, and then my fourth grade teacher, Miss Baker, who had the uh, the model, we would talk about <laughs> it a lot. She was upset because I was like, oh, I love that. She's like, oh, me too. Um rest in peace she passed away a few years ago but oh. she was a huge huge influence on that nice. um, let's see here I follow that. but uh sorry if you have to cut like any us or whatever is out oh, okay. 
Oh, I normally okay. don't edit stuff out because okay. it's conversation. It's stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Sorry to I just don't want to bore anybody. <laughs> nah, I think there the only time I've ever cut anything out was when like LA got a grocery delivery halfway through our thing and it was like an actual 10 minute pause. Like I'm not gonna keep that <laughs> in, but what I did keep in was her coming back and screaming and going, I think I just tripped my cat. <laughs> it was like, well, that's um, thing. And then okay, I just glanced my notes. I remember the next thing that got me into it that was big. Um I'm so, just glad you have and, notes. I never do. And then I, I lose my train of thought and I can't get back to it. No, this is this is very smart. Thank you. <laughs> um, so in 2003, James Cameron made a thing called Ghost of the Abyss. Oh my um, god, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I never got to see it in theaters. I think I saw it. No, I didn't books. either. Um, but it came with a book, a hardcover book with like 3D changing pictures and stuff. And oh. it had all these illustrations, including, I forget the illustrator, the guy who did basically like the only pictures you would see of the wreck. These two, yeah, him. It had paintings by him in there. And again, just kind of the story, but like all these pictures from Cameron's expeditions and stuff like that. And so I just ate that shit up mm-hmm. um, and just became more and more just enraptured by it. So finally, I got around to <laughs> watching the movie. When um, did you see the movie? I know that for a, I, you know, you said you were four when it came out. It makes sense that that yeah. is not when you would see it. But like myself and many others, and if I don't know if you remember who've come on the show, they've been like, yeah, I saw it when I was six. I saw it when I was nine, eight, seven. You know, I think a lot I was, of that. <clears throat> I think I must have been around. So it's probably around the same time where I started getting into it, around ten or eleven. Mm-hmm. And at first, I only watched the uh, the second the second VHS that has the ship sink because that's yeah, what I cared you, about. I was gonna say, who who are those people? Get out! <laughs> yeah, just get off of the... my get off of my ship! <laughs> just, I just all I wanted to watch was the ship sink. God damn it! <laughs> and I I will admit that when I was a kid, I did watch the second tape several times more than I watched the first one. Yeah, just saying. I mean, I also I grew up in a house that. Uh, loved disaster movies like my mom especially and I, I kind of want to talk about this a little because I love Titanic yeah. as a movie um, not all these are my original ideas I've heard some of these but I've also thought of some of them but like sure. Titanic is a really weird movie if you think about it that I think could only have been made in the year 1997 by James Cameron because um, it's Go on. half it's half disaster movie half romance and this kind of comes at a time when like those two were like the big genres of the 90s you know um i mean think of all the disasters of the 90s so you had like dante's peak uh deep impact armageddon uh volcano shortly after that you had stuff like day after tomorrow so like people were just eating up all this big spectacle right and that's what the whole second half of titanic is right um whereas the first half is more in vain of like all these big romances that were kind of going on at the same time in the 90s um you know romeo plus juliet and my brain is being stupid and pulling a brink but (laughs) i do know there was like a lot of light late 90s romance movies there were and And there was also uh not necessarily romance movies, but similarly, there was um, romantic comedies were a huge 
part of cinema at the time. In Absolutely. the late 90s into the 2000s were an exceptionally important time for romantic comedies and some more serious romance movies. But yeah, you're absolutely right in that those were... I just Googled uh, why were there so many disaster movies in the 90s? And unfortunately, there's not... No one's actually done any research into that. But <clears throat> I did get a bunch of things to like best 90s disasters movies. And there are... This list are so, so many. many. Yeah, Alive, Firestorm, Avalanche, Daylight, Fearless, Outbreak, Armageddon, Deep Impact, Deep Blue Sea, Volcano, Dante's Peak, Independence Day core in and, uh, and apollo 13 day. titanic and twister but i mean this is just one list oh, twister i love twister, twister. I've, i haven't actually seen it all the way through yet but i i do intend to but yeah no there was there was so many it's kind of like there was a bunch there was a bunch in the 70s as well it's like they seem to go yeah. in cycles when I was typing in uh, why were there so many disaster movies in the 70s was the first thing that it wanted to yeah. autofill for me. 70s, um, you had like Earthquake and the Towering Inferno. Yes. The, the Poseidon Adventure. But this one specifically, you know, there's a couple of articles here where I'm, I'm not reading the whole thing. I'm just looking at the highlights here. It's like the 90s were the golden age of disaster movies. In 90s disaster movies, catastrophe seems to be lending a hand. It's nature's way of ensuring that the heroic white guy doesn't get permanently downsized. Mm. They focus on the horrors of encountering a gigantic um, a natural force instead of kaiju movies. It doesn't exactly say why. I just think it caught. I just think there was something about the zeitgeist at that time. A, it was the '90s. It was like the last. Like people weren't as worried about shit anymore, so we could just go True. eat popcorn and watch, you know, buildings explode. I um, personally was theorizing it might have something to do. Well, the reason I looked it up was with um, the technology available at the time. That's what I was going to say too. It's like with the technology, it just becomes so much easier to destroy. Yeah, like right. Stuff. Was it so much easier to yeah. do that, and all of a sudden be like, no, we don't have to build and explode a miniature town we we don't could do cg have... yeah, yeah we could do that partial cg sorry i completely derailed this but i was looking for an oh, explanation okay. and i i similarly did so many um a search for like the romantic movies and i didn't get you know a, yeah. an, an answer in the same way but once again i got that same thing it's like here's a list and there's just like it's just rolling straight down from like there's just so many of them rom-coms and, and romance movies are just you're right these were this was a very golden time for both of those genres yeah. in cinema and in big scale cinema. And then you have James Cameron come along, you know, coming off a hot, you know, we all, as a person, you know, I think he's kind of an asshole. Like he's kind of famous for being an asshole, sure. but as a director, you know, is, you know, one of the goats, obviously. And coming into Titanic, he's coming off like one of the hottest streaks of directors ever done. Um, you know, he did, Humba said he did Terminator 1. But yeah, he did. He did Terminator 1, Aliens 2, The Abyss, Terminator 2. I think True Lies was also before Titanic. And I think every single one of those was a big hit. So he's coming off with all this clout and all yeah. this money to where in 1997, he could basically make whatever the fuck he wants. And luckily for us, he also got obsessed with Titanic and was like, I'm going to do this shit. Where, and he had the clout to have that control as well. Like right. over the student, like, I don't know. I don't know how they would do it today because the studios are so involved in how like sticking their things in now and directors are 
there's not as many powerful directors now. I don't remember where or when it was, but I think Cameron himself did an interview where he was saying like the liberty he was given and the ability to construct as much as he was to make practical um, sets, even to him would not be granted today to do the same thing. Cause he's like, there's simply yeah. no cost benefit to it. Now they would not allow that. And he wasn't saying it in like a, those motherfuckers way, but he was just like, we've moved. It's just the facts of it. Yeah. yeah. Like whether fortunately or unfortunately we have moved beyond that as a method of production and or so a lucky. style of production, I guess. And so it's kind of this crazy time capsule where we have like this blending of CG and practical effects in terms right. of like the sinking sequences. And uh, uh, I mean, Jurassic Park kind of made that big too. That's yeah. like uh, the nineties were also just really good for blending CG and practical in a lot of good ways. That, uh, I, I agree. Uh, I was going to, so that's why I think it could have only been made like when it was made by who it was made. Just sure. Cameron had the clout. The zeitgeist was right. And this wreck had not been discovered that long before, like 10 years before. Yeah. When he started. Yeah. 10 years. Uh, something like that. Um, anyway, though, eventually I did get around to watching the whole thing and I just fucking loved it. It made me cry. Um, <laughs> I'm not, a, not ashamed to admit. Nothing I wept a little that. bit. Um, the first time I really remember seeing it and really taking it in was actually the uh, 2012 re-release that they did. Did you go see it in uh, theaters? I did, yeah. Nice, I missed it. Uh, I saw it in 3D, which I was like, how is this going to be in 3D? It was actually really cool um, because it wasn't made for 3D, so you didn't have that yeah. stuff flying at the camera stuff. It just gave it everything just like more depth, uh, like the scenes when you're on the deck and just looks like you're looking straight down the deck all the way. Mm-hmm. Or when Calvin shoots into the water and the water splashes up at the screen, that looks pretty cool. Uh, but that was the first time I think I watched the movie in its entirety and just kind of took it in. And by the end of it, I was just like, oh my God, I'm wrecked. I uh, didn't get to see Titanic in theaters until this year. I think I talked about that a little bit on the show as well. Because I, I sort of just missed or went past every time it got re-released. Because I think, you know, like with most people, sometimes your interest is wax and wane, or sometimes you're just busy. Like, I remember I was in school <laughs> for some of this. Um, in 2012, I was still in college. There was, you know, I was probably doing a lot there. And, you know, there's always a reason where you can and can't do something. So when I finally got around to seeing it in theaters, it had been a long time. And I'd already seen it a couple times over the course of recording the show for about half a year at that point. But it was still, as you said, a really encapsulating experience because it is such a grand scale movie and you don't often get, you know, there are some people who have really cool at home setups where they have a massive screen and incredible surround sound. I don't have that. So I go to a theater (laughs) to have that. Right. That's a fun thing. Yeah, it's definitely a movie that's worth, I think, the theater experience. One of those ones. That's everyone saying that about Oppenheimer coming out, which I don't. What are you going to go? We're going to see. Uh, we're gonna see both we're gonna see barbie and oppenheimer i'm gonna um, see barbie for sure in theaters i might i know that everyone's like no the nolan one is the one you have to see on the grand scale I'm like, i don't know if i care that much about that movie personally see i don't think i i kind of with you i'm like the main reason i'm interested and the main reason i think a lot of people are interested is when nolan said i recreated the nuclear test without special without cgi and everyone's just what the fuck did you do <laughs> <laughs> 
The answer is probably going to be something really simple, like talc like, powder uh, and uh, yeah. fisheye lens. Yeah. I mean, if you blow up enough regular explosives, it does make a mushroom cloud. Oh, so that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. I have seen some people be like, I wonder if the new, like, the Department of Defense gave them a nuke. <laughs> Which would I be nuts. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> you would really goddamn fucking hope not. But um, I, I did not know that about that movie. So I watched... I had looked up nothing about Oppenheimer and I actually fully admit I don't know the story very well. So I watched the trailer like two days ago and I was like, oh, okay, that's what it's about. Yeah, I haven't seen the trailer. I kind of stayed away from him. That's fair. Uh, pretty, I saw a thing yesterday that was talking about how much nudity there is with Killian Murphy and Florence Pugh, which is which is not what I was expecting to hear about this movie. No. Sorry, the laughter wasn't, was it was just kind of a surprise, like, what? Yeah, it's like, what? It's like, yes, Florence P was gorgeous, but, like, I don't know, like, I'm sorry, I don't know. It's an interesting choice for that film. I don't know if I want to watch the Scarecrow from Batman fuck, you know? (laughs) That's a valid point, but also just, like, I watched that trailer. It didn't seem like a sexy film. Yeah. (laughs) This does not seem like a dude who, uh, yeah, it does not seem like it would be a big part of that. But, yeah, we're going to see that, and I think it's really cool how it and Barbie have like kind of leaned into it, leaned into each other. I, I think like that's that. pretty special. It especially is. in sorry, go on. I was just agreeing that it definitely is. Especially in the days where like uh you know everything is a sequel to something. Oh, I mean, not only that, but like everything's a competition too. And I know, I mean, I know Barbie's based on a thing, but like it seems to be original enough, and uh, and looks fun. It just looks fun. <laughs> And, you know, that's, the thing. I didn't grow up with Barbies, not because I was, yeah. you know, against it. My mom was not a big fan of the idea, but if mm-hmm. someone gave me one as a toy. She wasn't like, no, she didn't take it away, but she didn't give them to me. So, you know, when you just, it's just not encouraged, you don't really lean into it as much, but I, it was still such an omnipresent part of my life. It was every toy aisle. Cause I was a young girl <clears throat> in the nineties was Barbie and all, all my peers loved Barbie. She was around. I didn't hate Barbie. I, you know, would play with her at friend's house and I thought she was cool. And I liked all the different versions. That was something that I remember noticing as a kid because, you know, I'm sure, you know, when you're a guy, you have firemen and policemen yeah. and action heroes and supermen. And it was like, you can do these little things. And granted, some people don't like pink and she thinks she's a little too feminine, but it's like, when you boil it down to it, Barbie could do anything. She was an astronaut and a teacher. Yeah. And all these things. She's like, she's a smart bitch. Yeah. I thought it was a, and this, the trailer was cool. I think the trailer had me sold when she stepped out the high heel on her foot stage. Yeah. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that had... <laughs> it was such a silly little detail. Where I was like, yeah, that's the Barbie. This is Barbie. Like, I'm like, that's the vibe. That's good. And all the Ryan Gosling stuff is funny as hell, too. I love Ryan Gosling. He's it's speaking of people that just like lean into things. It's kind of oh like he's just like here for it. And I appreciate that. And I, I think that out of the Ryans, he may be the slightly underappreciated one because Ryan Ryan Reynolds is kind of like a TikTok meme gone wild, so it's easy to yeah. feel like, look at him go. But uh <laughs> Ryan Gosling is is good times. He's a good yeah. time. He seems like Did a you- fun guy. <laughs> Did you see the uh, the French mistranslations on the posters? No. Did you hear about that? Oh my no. god! I have, a fr- I have a friend who's uh, French, and mm-hmm. she took pictures of them, and so the tagline is like, uh, "What she's Barbie, she could do everything, and he's just Ken." Mm-hmm. And in French, the way it's worded, 
is a slang is apparently a slang term like it's a slang language that basically says she's barbie she could do everything ken just knows how to fuck excellent <laughs> and that's what it says in french which is excellent. i feel like that's actually the non-child friendly way of saying exactly what ken is for like in the barbie exactly. universe like he's, yeah. he's 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 nothing he's a boy toy. he's he's ken he's ken what is ken a ken just just a guy just a kid yep the anyway. um <laughs> sorry last anecdote so no, it's facebook, okay. It's okay. Uh, the way that facebook now advertises is that i think back when it used it used to show kind of the full commercial but now advertisers are are switching to these sort of like tiktok things there's about 10 15 seconds and so they do this with movie clips where you'll get sort of like a five second look into a film and they rotate clips on me the last one that i'd seen from barbie was the did you bring your rollerblades <laughs> It was that one, but this one now is Barbie saying to Will Ferrell, we should go find Ken, and him going, Ken's not something we're worried about. At all. <laughs> and that's it. I think the last one I saw was Ken talking to a doctor about something, and he was like, but I'm a man. Yeah. <laughs> and, the doctor was, and the doctor was like, but you're not a doctor, come back. <laughs> come back when you're a doctor. He's just like, but I'm, I'm a man. I have seen that one. <laughs> I'm so excited for this movie. As you said, it just looks fun. It'll be funny. My wife and I, if we can, if we can in time, we're going to try to go to Goodwill and like get like, uh, like fanny packs and just bright colored nice. shit. We decided that my version of Ken would probably wear a man bun. So I'll put my hair up in like a man bun. <laughs> I like <laughs> Which that. I've never done before and have no idea how it will be on me, but we'll try it. <laughs> I sure look good. I, I am not one of those people that denigrates a man bun because if your hair is long, a bun is a great way to keep it off of your neck. I believe it. I'm just really bad at fucking with my hair. I can barely no, keep it in a, t- in a pony. I only I can because have, it's a bit textured. I didn't have long hair until COVID though. Like it literally is the reason. And then wow, that's kinda... impressive growth for only COVID. Yeah. Well, let's see. I got my hair cut in January 2020 mm-hmm. and then hair and then and it was short. And uh, and then COVID hit, and then yeah, it's been going since then. It's a good look, though. And then I my like wife likes it, long- so I'm like, okay. I like and long I'm- hair on everybody. It, I like it too. <laughs> I just think it looks fun. Yeah, more people, uh, more people should do it. I think Agreed. no one's giving me shit. Occasionally, I'll get like a ma'am at work from behind, uh-huh. and then I'll turn around, just reveal the whole beard and stuff, and just oh, I'm sorry. Or my favorite thing is when we were all wearing masks at work still. Oh, um, yeah. Some dude, oh my God. Some, sometimes dudes would like say something to me. I, I, I work with the public and sure. God, I'm glad I'm a dude because like I have female coworkers who get <laughs> hollered at, hollered at all the time. And when I was wearing the mask, that happened to me a few times. Because mm-hmm. um, just all they say. And one guy was like, hey, girl. And I just go in my deepest voice, hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm sure they love it. They'd be like, what? People I are ridiculous. I was like, you know, that wouldn't be cool even if I was who you thought I was, right? Right, like nobody actually uh, wants Who that. wants to be That's hollered at, at work by some rando? That's the thing that I don't understand is that with the argument that people always make is like, it's a compliment. It's like, do you want to be bothered while you're working? Nobody really wants to be bothered while they're working. No. Get your shit and get out. 100% that. That's get out. Exactly that. I don't want to entertain whatever you think that I'm supposed to entertain about. No, 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 no. There's a big no to that. But uh, I have a hair note. Okay. 
about Titanic stuff that I just thought of. And it's interesting because I found this to be true when you think about, you know, hair in history. Is that, first of all, um, not even so long ago, long hair was fashionable on men and, you know, and on women. And to the point where there was elaborate updos for both. And throughout history, there's been, you know, the powdered wigs and these very elaborate things where you have an external hairpiece but there's a lot of historical hairdos where your hair would be like braided and curled and then sewn to help hold it into these like really interesting intricate braid things i read about that somewhere um where i think it was ancient like greek historians were trying were thinking we're trying to recreate a hairstyle and they're like i don't know how to do this so they finally asked i, I don't know if she was a either a modern hairdresser or like somebody who has experience with um or also a textilist and she came in and was like you you actually have to like you can't just pin this you're gonna have to actually like sew this in place and that's how they would do it but only recently you know i'm thinking also back to like 1912 where you know women would have you know the big big hats and the very elaborate hair and men's hair was you know by then cut a little bit shorter pretty much a lot of short a lot of mustaches Mm -hmm. yeah but i'm just thinking like it would have been essentially completely taboo for a man to have long hair at the time and it's just interesting how quote-unquote hair rules which are not rules but sort of the way that hair is regarded on everyone is (laughs) different because you know it used to be unacceptable Yeah, and also I wouldn't have been able to just walk around with my hair down in a ponytail like this. It normally yeah. had to have been like up in a style of some kind. This is too casual. Yeah, exactly. Luckily, again, because we like I haven't. Luckily, no one's given me any shit personally. Right. Um. First of all, I'd be like, you know, I'm not religious, but first of all, I, I, I grew up really religious, so I'd be like, mm-hmm. what? You ain't never heard of Samson, man? Come on. There we go. <laughs> or um, Jesus wasn't white, but I'll be like, what? what? What, 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 Jesus? What, you don't like Jesus? Everyone depicts Jesus <laughs> exactly like that. Exactly. Yeah, I've gotten hair. I've gotten a couple comments like, "Man, you look like Jesus." I'm like, you know, I don't though, right? <laughs> you look like your Jesus. I look like I look like white Jesus. You're like white Jesus. Blue eyes and everything. You know, he came from the Caucasus. It's an A plus look. I think it's a good look. I don't look like that. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm not mad about that it's not a comparison i want but like like i'm thinking of you know rose obviously has her hair in all kinds of elaborate ways in the film but right. you look at trudy even she doesn't just have her hair in a little ponytail yeah it's, it's like these sort of there's like these two braids right trudy's her mom right no i'm talking about her maid no. oh she's the poor just one even the maid yeah yeah all the female staff, you'll see they have their hair like in some sort of co- um, coif. Yeah. And they're all in these heavy, heavy clothes. Mm-hmm. Just layered up. It must have been hot as hell, like in the summertime. I like, I can't imagine. even imagine. Uh-uh, and of course, no. if you're in a shipwreck, it's not very conducive to uh, to swimming. No, I mean, not, not, that that would, not, not that that would have helped in Titanic's case, but... I don't think it helped either for everyone. And don't think it helps. Weigh like 50 extra pounds. Be like, well, this is an exciting moment in history for me. Princess is barking outside. Sorry if you can hear the dog. Oh, it's okay. I I was going to say, well, this is kind of on topic. We're talking about the time period. Um, Another reason I've always kind of liked Titanic too is the time period it's in. Um, I am really into um, early 20th century and late 19th century history and stuff. Um, 
specifically like between the world wars and including the world wars. So Titanic's a little bit before that. Um, and which I think is part of why it's so romanticized as well. It's kind of like one right. of the last things of the world before the world yeah. kind of went, kind of went to shit in a big unquote, way. Untainted in that way where it's, yeah, it wasn't affected by the haze of the war like so many other things were right it was like the last it was like one of the last romantic big things obviously like there are still shitty things going on you know well ask ask the kid chimney sweeps and, the triangle shirtwaist fire and anyone who was black living in america oh, at the time you know um but at the same time uh you know, starting in 1914, just like everything changed. And then yeah. from the years 14 to 18, the world was completely different in so many kind of ways. And oh, God. I'm so sorry for straddling off and starting. That's okay. I do that all the time. Because um, I have like broad knowledge, but I don't mm-hmm. know that it's very deep and i don't want to come off like just an idiot (laughs) i mean i don't i don't really know that much about it anyway all i was gonna say was um it is a very interesting period of time not just in terms of what happened but in terms of it's not interesting but war changes not just the society it directly affects but those that those society affects as well absolutely absolutely you know and uh and, and it's weird to think, I mean, if Titanic hadn't sank, she'd just be, she wouldn't be as, you know, we wouldn't care about her as much. No. Um, she probably wouldn't sank in the war, to be honest, if she hadn't sank yeah. in 1912. Or ended up like Olympic, just scrapped later. Yeah, that's so sad, right? I mean. It is. It's disappointing, now, but it's also like, I guess I get it. Yeah. At the time. Brit- Britannic's wreck is still in good shape, I hear. That's what I hear as well, but I think it's is is that one of the ones that they haven't actually shared the location for it because they don't want people getting all over it, which would make a lot of sense. Not sure. I know Bismarck is like that, the battleship. I know Ballard yeah. kept that a secret. But I sense. think Britannic is in pretty shallow water in the Aegean mm-hmm. Sea, so I think it's pretty easily found. Like yeah. it sank, I do know when it sank, it sank by the head, you know? Yeah. And it actually stopped for a while because it sank in water it was shallower than it was long mm. so the its bow hit the bottom and then the stern just kind of stayed out for a little bit what a weird and thing just, to witness and then just kind of settled by its head we talked about it a little bit on the uh, um, the Titanic movie live stream we did a few months ago oh, Yeah, we talked about Britannic and uh, I wasn't on audio on that one I was just spamming the chat whatever <laughs> Um, that one was, that's a really cool story where almost everyone lived and almost all the people who didn't got chopped up by the propeller because they were stupid. So Ugh, what a horrible concept. like what happened is on that one, cause if anyone doesn't know, this is just a fascinating story. It's like, uh, Britannic struck a mine as we know, mm-hmm. or we know now they didn't know at the time if it was a torpedo. Britannic. Yeah. Did I say Titanic? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Titanic struck a mine too. Truth, truth. Uh, no. We we know now. Yeah, there's icebergs aren't real. They won't be soon. Uh, <laughs> so Britannic hits this mine and it starts going down, and their captain wants to get it close to land before it goes down. 
So he starts staring it. And because it's going down slowly enough by the head, and he tells everyone, get ready for lifeboats, but don't launch the lifeboats yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, two lifeboat crews um, panicked and decided they weren't going to wait. And so they launched the lifeboats while the ship was still moving. Mm. And because the ship was still moving and it was going down by the head, the tops, the propellers were sticking out of the water. So they went in the water and just drifted back and they got chopped up. That's terrible. But that's almost everyone who died on Britannic. Everyone else basically lived. It's pretty cool. Even their captain just stepped off the bridge into the water. It's pretty cool when you think about it. That's pretty badass. It's Uh, really interesting to just think about how many shipwrecks there are at the bottom of the ocean. Oh my god. I've heard there's more on the bottom than there are currently sailing. Yeah, that is also what I've heard. Just like, you know, years of how many, you know, wooden and steamships were sent out over the hundreds and hundreds of years and we didn't have any other way of transporting people that just sank within whatever period for whatever reason stuff just kind of happens like like sailing by ship was just so dangerous for so long it's just uh it's terrifying really i mean i'm at the beach now and you know you go to the beach and you just look out at that ocean it's just like it just goes on i uh just googled some photos of the britannic wreck and on the one hand, I am thinking, wow, I would love to dive to that. And then I'm seeing a photo of divers, probably taken from somebody a little further away of, you know, mm-hmm. a diver in proportion who's like on the side of the ship. I'm like, that's big. Yeah, That's big. That's really big. I don't know if I want to go near anything that big. I fully admit that I have submechanophobia, something I didn't realize existed until I went on Reddit one night. And oh. Yeah, don't do that. I found a, a forum <laughs> Stay, that was called... Don't go, don't go on Reddit. <laughs> no, yes, don't go on Reddit. But if you do, don't do what I do, which is see a video like on your suggested page from a, a subreddit called Submechanophobia and go, huh, what's that? And then watch it and realize that it's, you know, this... Clearly it's about massive underwater structures and how horrifyingly huge they fucking are. That's and... Good. Actually... Mm-hmm. It's always nice to have someone come and ask if you want another drink. Yeah, my wife just came in. I was like, "Yes, can you please pour me?" I'm not drink? mad. I wish someone would do that to me. Uh, <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, so no. it's the fear of large structures underwater. It's the fears of large underwater man-made objects. So I saw the video that I'm talking about is this guy who was maybe he was like a diver doing work on maybe some underwater piping or underwater plumbing or uh, some kind of underwater whatever. And then he looks up and there's just a fucking massive ass ship passing overhead. And she's like, no, 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 no. I don't like that. That's uh, nope. And that's kind of the feeling that I'm getting was like, I think it'd be super cool to swim to it. And then I'd I'd all of a sudden be hit by this thing where I'm just like, that's so big. And it's down there. Yeah. That's, it's really interesting to think about. It conjures to mind like underwater cities to me. Like, oh yeah, just thinking about underwater structures and stuff like that. Um, it's cool. It's like it's really cool to imagine, but for some reason, I think maybe it's because you know you have to bring your own light underwater. There's no natural source mm-hmm. of light. It's exceptionally eerie. Yeah, and I've never gone scuba diving or anything like that. I don't know that. I'll know. Maybe I would try it. I don't know. 
part of me is like, I would try a bunch of stuff if I had mm-hmm. like a professional with me, but I don't, I don't want to do like decompression dives or anything like that, where you have to sit for an hour or more at a depth and like go up slowly. Oh, thank you. Apparently um, the Britannic wreck is the largest shipwreck available to scuba dive anywhere in the world. I mean, it makes sense. It's a base. Makes it's, sense. A, it's, it's an in almost intact Olympic yeah. class. <laughs> it's, it's, it's only broken at the, ba- at the, the bow a little bit where it hit the bottom. Yeah. But in, in so far as, you know, at least one side of it being the complete superstructure and seeing, again, how large this thing is. Oh, yeah, you get the scale. Yeah. I was hoping sorry. to find... Sorry. Can you feel the tie up my bathing suit for me real quick? Yeah. Just give me a second. Sorry. Sorry. In a moment, I need to tie up bathing suit. Tying up bathing suits. What an exciting thing. Uh, Go ahead and tie up your bathing suit. I can okay, pause well, recording. I'm, I'm, I'm like a genius. <laughs> You're good. What? Why did you want it? I think what we that swimsuit tying up thing proves we just still need not maids. We don't need handmaids. That's not what I want to say, but like dressing assistants sometimes. We need each other sometimes. There we go. We need each other. That's a way nicer way of putting what I was attempting to go for. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ugh. We need maids. We need maids. Get the serving class back in here. I need to go. That's exactly what we need. We need to make a new serving class. Oh. So here's the thing though, like I am a fan of the universal base income. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me raise the flag. Let's go say like so anybody listening knows in case because yep. I'll put my Twitter and stuff at the end of this in case anybody wants to follow my deranged. I'll put it brain. in my um in the description box so you don't have to uh, listen. Sure. Stuff. But I'm a huge lefty. <laughs> so oh. um, I've come all the way from the other side. I grew up in I grew up in a Fox News household. Uh, I voted for Newt Gingrich the first time I was allowed to vote. Exciting. Good times. Yeah. Thank God that didn't work out. Yeah, that would have been an interesting presidency, I think. It would have been unhinged. Yeah, that is the word for it. It decidedly would have been unhinged. But, um... But, yeah, no, I've come full circle now. Yeah. I didn't bring that up to be ahead of point. The reason I was bringing that up is because I have some friends that I know that if even if we had a UBI, I would be very like, I have to work, I have to do something. And I have, you know, yeah. there are some people that don't actually mind doing whatever menial work. And honestly, if that were the case, I wouldn't yeah. mind being, you know, if you know somebody needs help, you know, around their house a little bit, just like getting dressed in the morning, maybe making, you know, yeah. putting their breakfast together, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, that would not be a not worthwhile day spent for me. That is not, that is not negative work to me. Yeah, like the whole idea that like UBI would make lazy people is just bullshit because people want to work and do stuff. They just want their yeah. work to they just want their work to be able to support them. Like right now, so I graduated with a, a BA in English. Oh, same. Um, ah, yay. See, are, are you also not using yours at all? That would be correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, saving mine is a very expensive piece of toilet paper as far as i know i've actually lost my diploma i don't know where it's at oh mine's been nicely framed and hung up on the wall along with my equally unused mba i was gonna go there i I was gonna go teach college at first but then um um, kids uh childhood stuff threw that off stuff Um, happens stuff happens um so right now i work in retail but like i would be perfectly fine and right now I make just enough not to try look for anything else because the job right. market just fucking sucks. Yes, it does. Especially for people with an English degree whose only work experience has been in retail for the last 10 years. Yep. 
it's um, it's a difficult place <laughs> but you know right now i'm at, i'm making just enough to like keep me from looking stay stable and oh, if they added a UB, if they threw in ubi on top of that like i wouldn't just quit my job yeah I'd, i know i'd stay some people I, would but like yes i think most of us would keep doing most of us would be able to maybe find things we like better I think then, that there would be a period of adjustment where there's like definitely some places that go out of business because they've been terrible and that would cause mm-hmm. you know, a weird vacuum. But it's sort of one of those things where it's like, perhaps that's the way it was meant to be, you know? Yeah. Maybe if you're a shitty business, maybe people shouldn't want to work for you. Oh my God, hard agree. Like it would be amazing to be able to, for example, put Walmart out of business. However, oh on the flip God. side, I know I'll work that- for them. Yeah. I will also say that, that for many small towns, like they only have a Walmart. So if that all went out of business, that could be super detrimental for them. And it's like, it, it, I see where there's positives and negatives and where it would be a big, hard adjustment, but it's sort of like we need, and we don't have everything else in place to make it easier for that to adjust. Yeah. But with things like UBI, people would be able to get the money together to start a fresh grocery store, maybe have a co-op, do things or of that just, nature tend. Or just have money to spend on the economy baby you know right go out and then your town will start to have the money that you need to build the things that you need to build Thanks, but you know i would go to movies to... more yeah same. More money. same and i mean all i have to say that is like i was looking at you know those was making the like we need a made joke but it was like in my opinion i, I wasn't trying i was like i was like I, you need the concept of that just that sort of person whose job it is and who in this case would hopefully be doing it voluntarily because they want to whose job it is to sort of be like yeah i'll do like light tidying up you know if you don't want to do the classic yeah. bracelet i've got that for you 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 are paying me in addition to whatever it is i'm making and it's like hopefully that would make the relationship better but i was just thinking what a useful person that would be to have around if they weren't treated like an actual servant absolutely just there to help you <laughs> absolutely i got two little tangents one is about the walmart thing um Yes, please. I grew up in a tiny ass town called Barnwell, South Carolina. Um, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's really small. My parents moved. We moved from like Atlanta in 1997. Oh, wow. And uh, my dad uh, ran a textile factory in Allendale, which was the neighboring town. Okay. And we moved to Barnwell. But my mom would not move until they finished building the Walmart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because, because there was nowhere else. I'm not, I, I was, I, I was, was agree. that was an okay of agreement. Like, uh, yeah, my mom was like, I'm not moving there until there's at least a Walmart. Yeah. Cause otherwise <laughs> you're going to literally have to drive two plus hours to the nearest yeah. town sometimes. Well, like if we wanted to go see a movie, we would have mm-hmm. to drive to Aiken, mm-hmm. which was 40 minutes away. Yeah. If we wanted to go to like a nice dinner and go to like the nice movie theater, we'd have to go to Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. Just an hour and a half away. I didn't live quite so far away, but I lived in a place called Damascus, which is without traffic about an hour from DC, but with 90 minutes to two hours. And right. it was the same thing. Like it, when I was growing up, it was a dry town. So if we were having a party or whatever, you need to go get alcohol for your party. You'd have to go a minimum of 30 minutes away to Germantown or Gaithersburg to go buy alcohol because you couldn't buy it there. And it right. was far enough away where there weren't like places in between those where you could stop off. It was just residential. And if you were lucky, like farms, churches or what have you. But if you wanted to go to, again, a movie theater for the longest time, there was only one mediocre one about 30 minutes away. And then a new one came that was about 40 minutes away. But it was the same sort of thing where, you know, yeah. we had a grocery store, but it was a smaller one. If you wanted to go to like, not the small Safeway, but like a regular big giant, we'd have to go to the one in Germantown if you actually wanted that. It's like, it was that sort of thing where 
I understand Absolutely. we weren't quite as uh, as isolated just because also Maryland's much smaller, so not quite as much oh, state to spread out. Yeah. I haven't been to Maryland, I don't think. I've been through it on a train. I actually haven't sure. visited it, I think. I mean, Maryland is my home state, so I'm very sentimental towards it, but like I wouldn't necessarily recommend if someone was like, hey, I'm going to Maryland, where should I go? It's like, not my hometown. That's not where you want to go. You want to go to Baltimore or <laughs> Annapolis if you're going to go to Maryland, because yeah. that's where there's like the interesting stuff. Annapolis is on the water. It's got the, you know, the really cool waterfront yeah. area and it's quirky. And then Baltimore is kind of like, you know, interesting. It's got the concert venues, the aquarium and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, D.C. proper. D.C. proper right, has yeah. the D.C. proper. D.C. proper yeah. has the D.C. thing in it. <laughs> um okay one more thing that i want to ask you something okay. um for the servants thing you'll yeah. probably find this interesting and anyone else listening might find this interesting so i love youtube there's you have to sift through stuff obviously that's true but once once you find good content it's better than anything that's on fucking tv um like that's my opinion like in terms of like regular tv cable tv or whatever sure like, sure 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 <laughs> Streaming, not premium. The, like the world's most highest produced shows, right? Yeah, but like, in ter- especially educational content, which is like my jam. And there's a channel called Jay Draper, and she's a she does a thing called the London History Show, okay. and she talks about English history and stuff. And she has like a 30 minute mm-hmm. video on the life of Victorian servants, and oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> just the stuff those people went through, and how any highlights were- for you? Because I'm writing this down. Okay. Um, write down the J Draper. That's her name. Uh, D R A P R, I think. Um, she starts out like, like so. It's, say you're a poor family, you might be able to afford one servant. So it's like, right. if you're this one servant, here's all the shit you're gonna be doing. Yeah. And she like gives experts from these books, like excerpts from these books of like proper home care that are like just the most to our eyes are just the most arbitrary fucking shit i'm Uh, sure and and then she does go work up to like as you get richer people would have like more kinds of servants and there would be like a diversity like a diversity uh as people got richer and stuff right like kitchen servants domestic servants like jobs would get split up in the same way that uh as castles, I watched a video on castles, um, how castles got bigger, the rooms would divide purposes. Like a relatively normal lord might have like a castle with one room. Here we are in Titanic talking about castles, but it's okay. Tell me about castles. Um, like a like a relatively normal lord might have just a castle that's just a tower with one room. <laughs> and okay. that's where you eat, that's where your family sleeps. That's whatever. Oh. If you get a little richer, you might put a second room in there. So right. it's like a hall, like a hall. And then the bedroom. And as you get bigger, this more rooms take up more functions instead of one room taking over everything. And the servants are kind of the same way. Right. The more you have, the less each one has to do. That makes sense. Then, I'm going to have to actually. Oh, I'll, I'll shout out some YouTube channels at the end of this too, just because yeah. there's so many good ones. Totally. Um, to uh i mentioned i think this on the live stream there's another guy if you want ship stuff there's ocean liner designs yeah the guy who runs that yeah oh, he's well, great he's good um his videos about like the carpathian stuff are really good <laughs> i think that's my favorite by him that that should be a movie oh uh, what uh, a, a carpathia movie i'm sorry i thought yeah that should be a movie, be a movie. <laughs> i was like huh it blows my mind that Titanic video games exist. I 
I don't, I don't know. Like, I know they're like point and click mysteries and stuff, but I'm just like, I want a VR, a, a complete VR encapsulation experience where I have to try to actually escape the Titanic. But I think that we're a little too far away from that. To be honest, I'm going to, I would be, if I was on Titanic, I know everyone says, you, you never know what you would do in that situation, right? No. But you know that guy who jumped off the boat and landed on those ladies and broke their legs? That would be me. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm, I'm sorry, your legs are broken, but <laughs> I'm alive. Yeah, I think I would, with my forethoughted knowledge, would just like either try to get into a lifeboat or if I missed them early, I would just jump in the water and swim for one and be like, I'm here now and you either have to let me in or I swamp your boat. I'm yeah, going to exactly. turn into a terrible Kraken monster if you don't let me on. Then we're all dying. That's how it goes. Exactly. Just don't let light holder see you. Well, you're a woman, so he'd let you. I am a woman. That's why. Yeah. It would work for me. I would just be a very grouchy woman that they wouldn't want to deal with. Oh, but still. Don't get me on. Don't get me on light holder. I hate that guy. Oh, I think I'm a little more generous towards him. I know. It's fair to be more generous of his time and stuff. But I'm like, dude, in a court of law, you could, you could, you could reasonably argue that, I don't know, you can reasonably argue that maybe he committed a couple hundred counts of third degree murder or something like that. In today's court, but at the time, I think that. But at the time, no. Yeah, at the time, no. Yeah, I don't know much about that. Let's talk about our hero, Murdoch. He's your favorite, right? He is my favorite. Uh, he's awesome. He is an underrated hero. I know that there's, you know, a lot of historical heroes sort of in the course of the history of the world that we need to talk about. And, you know, a lot of people whose deeds get largely unacknowledged or people who get completely bypassed. But I think Murdoch's someone that I wish got a little bit more sort of mainstream public attention, especially when discussing Titanic. Absolutely. I just heroic shit, man. Yeah, just making all of the noble choices in a situation where nobility is hard to find. So I said I got into Titanic like in third grade. So like in fourth grade for an English assignment, we had to write like a book and I wrote a book on the Titanic. And the main character was basically um, Murdoch. I didn't know his Uh name or anything. But like I wrote a point of view from like basically like the first officer. Just this little story about this guy. He's like Titanic sinking. He figures it out. (laughs) And I had one point where, like, he put his pencil on the floor, on the deck, and watched it roll. And he's like, my God. (laughs) (laughs) We're going down. Well, I mean, on something that's that large, that would be a pretty good indicator. Because otherwise, you might just be like, well, I don't feel anything. In a way, it's what I did. Because in my head, I don't think I even really understood the concept of British and Americanness at the time. That's a cool thing, too, I want to bring up. Titanic is really cool because it's kind of shared between britain and america right like yeah it was it was was a british ship it was a british ship with a british crew but had a lot of americans on it and it was on and high profile americans too yeah and it was on the way to the united states and Mm -hmm. so it's kind of this like this shared tragedy that we both have um which is just interesting to me and no i agree um but that reminds me of what I did with replacing my Murdoch with some American guy. Um, so have you heard about Nazi Titanic? I am saving that to, I haven't watched it yet, but I I'm haven't watched it. Of it. I really want to watch it. Not because it's Nazis or anything, but it blows my mind that in 1943, when Germany is losing the war hard at that point, right. That they produced a movie, right? This is your was, move. Yeah. Also, it's the first movie called Titanic. Was the one that Joseph Goebbels made. Interesting. 
And so technically he did it first. Huh? Technically he did it first. Yeah, he was the first one to call the movie Titanic. <laughs> um, and yeah, the first officer in that movie is a German <laughs> randomly. <laughs> so that makes random, sense. Random German first officer, and he's the only one who knows what's going on. And of course, Ismay is a capitalist Jew coded guy. And um right. yeah. And uh, the Captain Smith is a drunk Englishman because that was one of the big propaganda things against the Brits in World War II was like, you know, your prime minister is just fucking drunk all the time. Right. All you boozy ass people. <laughs> so just that idea is fascinating to me. You know, I it's one of those things where it's like, I'm both excited to watch it and super dreading it because I know it's going to be absolute ridiculousness, but it's also going to be yeah. like, this could be a good time. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can laugh at it because they lost, right? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like, well, That's the I, reason it's giggly. Goebbels is going to be dead in two years after this is made. So, yeah. Hooray! <laughs> uh, well, before I uh, let you go back to the beach and swimsuits and stuff, you said yeah, you wanted absolutely. to shout out your own stuff and um, wanted to give some recommendations. You gave two. You gave us Jay Draper and Ocean yep. Liner Designs. Anybody else that you want to recommend before you recommend yourself? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, good channels on YouTube to watch. If you like history, especially this time period there's a world war one channel called the great war that i watched all of from the years from 2014 to 18 they did that war week one week at a time wow they went through the whole thing and uh that's enough just learned so much and they're doing the same thing with world war ii right now and they're that is an undertaking and they're getting close to the end they started uh they didn't want to wait till night 2019 to do the world war ii channel so they started in 2018. Sure. Um, so it's 79 years later instead of like the first one, which it's... was like, uh, you know, the first one was like Great War 100 years later. This was just like, you know, we're just 79 we're not years behind. That. Yeah, we're not, we don't want to wait a whole extra year. Um, like they just did a, the World War II channel is just amazing. If you're into that stuff, there's special episodes on uh, all kinds of technology and stuff. There's a sub series about the war against humanity because you can't cover just the atrocities and just like the war coverage. Right. And they also did a six hour long Pearl Harbor special. There was Pearl Harbor minute by minute. And wow. they, uh, yeah, it was really cool with Ella and they did it in what six. So they did in like 10, no, it was five. They did it in like 10 half hour episodes. That's pretty cool. Um, in real time. And they also just did D-Day. They did a 24 hours coverage of D-Day. Where they Speaking put out of disaster movies, this is an yeah. excellent disaster podcast. Sounds like it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, not well, this is YouTube a, channel, YouTube channel. Yeah, it's a YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Considering, yeah, that's probably the greatest disaster to happen in, yeah, uh, <laughs> in the past century. Um, I watched the shit out of those. Uh, there's no main ones I wanted to talk about because of the history and stuff. Um, Neat. Well, where can they, where can the people find you? Well, if you are interested in me uh, and finding me, you could find me at uh, Dolorous Nick. That is D-O-L-O-R-O-U-S Nick. Uh, That's a Game of Thrones reference or a Song of Ice and Fire reference. There's a character named Dolorous Ed. Ah, okay. uh, Who is uh, funny because he has such a grim sense of humor. He's the funniest character in his books. (laughs) So, into it. But it looks it looks like Dolores Nick everywhere though I put it, but so I have to pronounce <laughs> make sure I pronounced it the right way. Sounds right to me. 
anywhere else we can find you or is that that the um, the i'm the same place oh i'm on twitter at that and i'm the same on instagram except it's dollar s nick 187 and those are my main two socials um cool so i'll stay on twitter till it burns well yeah i'm doing that with the show but yeah we'll see we'll see yeah that's kind of everything (laughs) we'll see yeah I just, I've met so many cool people on Twitter and I'm not really going to go yet. Same. That's the whole reason that I haven't been able to just cut it loose. But I mean, maybe it'll cut itself loose from me in the future. I have no idea what's going to happen. We'll see. But um, Nick, thank you so much for coming oh. on. I, I can tell that your your kid was asking if you were coming outside like 20 minutes ago. So I oh, no. should go swim with your kid. I'm no, sorry. he was asking if I was done with the Wi-Fi because you wanted oh, to. Oh, <laughs> never mind then. But either, well, you probably want to go do stuff. But thank you uh, so much for coming on. It was amazing yeah, thank to you talk for having to you. Me. Oh, and <clears throat> check out people listening. You probably already uh-huh. heard these, but, you know, check out Beyond the Breakers. Yes, uh, please do. Spooky Science Sisters. Uh those are the main two podcasts I'll listen to right now. If you they want your sh- if you want your uh, shipwreck fix, those guys yes. are great. That's how I found your show. They're both amazing. Um, listening to you talk to Tanner, that was pretty fun. Yeah, and, it was um, a good time. And Megan, yeah, Megan. It, I found Tanner through Twitter before we even I even knew about the podcast because like we're both in the like Warhammer. <laughs> Oh, nice! Oh, man, my my boyfriend would love to hear that he's a big Warhammer dude. <laughs> yeah. I don't play or anything. I don't have money to collect or anything. I just that's fair. Books. I just read the books. I just like the setting. But, that's cool too. But well, thank you so I, much for having me on. I know thank you for coming on. I am <laughs> sure I will talk to you again very soon. And yeah, absolutely uh, awesome. And to everyone listening, I will see you guys next time. Yeah, Bye. thanks so much. Titanic Talkline was created and produced by me, Alexia. Be sure to keep up with the show on all the social medias at Titanic Talkline on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is all one word, Titanic Talkline, T-I-T-A-N-I-C-T-A-L-K-L-I-N-E. If you want to get in touch, be on the show, sponsor the show, or have a question or anything you want to tell me, send me an email at titanictalkline, again, all one word, at gmail.com. That's titanictalkline at gmail.com. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Bye!